Hi, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. No, I'm so excited. At the headquarters of SH Group. So great to be chatting with you as always. Um, you are the Director of Sustainability and Impact at SH Group, which is Starwood Hotels and Resorts, which includes all of the One Hotels and the Baccarat Hotel here in New York City. You have a background in program implementation on corporate real estate and hospitality. You're trained as an engineer. You have 10 years of experience as a sustainability and green buildings expert. And you also teach at Columbia University about green buildings. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have a very fine-tuned <laughs> expertise yeah. for sure. Um, it seems like you were kind of always meant to be working in green buildings. Yeah. What is it that appeals to you about this genre, about this industry? I love cities and buildings. I always have. Um, when I was growing up, my mom would be so confused when I studied environmental science and things like that because she was like, you hate being outdoors. I don't hate being outdoors, but I just really like cities as an extension of kind of ecosystems and nature and understanding how systems work. So that's kind of where all of my studies have gone is geography and thinking about cities and thinking about patterns and all of that. So when I started working, I started working at a green building company okay. and learned a lot of that trade by just on the ground experience. And it's kind of evolved over time and I got more interested in education and awareness so this is where I am now. Were you like passionate about it when you were learning about it or was it just like oh like now I just know all this knowledge? And, like, I think it's me. more of the latter honestly. I don't I, I, I'm a very passionate person in that yeah. I find like everything interesting mm -hmm. but I like the idea of organizing your thought and decision making around certain parameters so if it's related to the environment or if it's related to health, I was very interested in medicine for a long time. Oh. If it's related to um, economic disparity and kind of like access to wealth, like I think that if you can have some backbone, it allows for kind of elegant decision making. And so that's why I was attracted to it more than just like my deep passion for the environment. <laughs> you know, and yeah. not that that's not there too, but it's more just like it's an appreciation that I think we can use. Yeah, great. Um, and what brought you to New York City? Because I know you're from the West Coast. Yeah, I'm from Portland, Oregon, which is like no surprise to anyone who meets me. Um, but I went to my undergraduate at NYU for a while, and then I finished up in Oregon, and my dad's from New York. So, oh, okay. So I had family here, and it was just kind of natural to come back. It's also, if you think about within the States, it's the largest city. Right. It's also got another physical constraint because it's on island or a set of islands so right. you like have all these kind of parameters that are fascinating and you know they say that with limitations comes really great solutions and I love that you kind of have to work with these hard boundaries like the ocean to right. solve problems so that was my draw. Yeah the ocean's a pretty pretty uh, significant boundary. Yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you consider New York City to be as or sustainable comparatively to other cities in the country or around the world that you've experienced? Um, I think awesome. that a lot of that depends on your definition of sustainability. Yeah. So from a per capita environmental sustainability standpoint, New York is pretty good because our per capita carbon footprint is small. We have decentralized, I mean, we have centralized transportation, centralized um, waste management, we have nuclear power, we have all these things that make it so that our actual footprint as an individual here is pretty small. But from, if you look at sustainability from, let's say, an equity standpoint, probably not so much yeah. as other cities. 
um, but we're having a national crisis around that. If you look at it from a human health standpoint, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I personally thrive in the constraints and stresses of the city, but I know a lot of people feel like they've lost touch with who they are as an animal, you know, mm. and those kinds of things. So. I think that it really depends on your personal definition of what's sustainable for you. And a yeah. lot of people kind of try to go to the global definition, and I'm like, first define it for yourself. Right. And once you're there, let's start working through that. So, What is the difference between a global definition and your personal definition? So sustainability, right, if you look it up in the dictionary, is not depleting resources to a rate that they can't replenish themselves. Okay. So that includes energy, food, water, right. waste, whatever. And that definition is super empirical and scientific and kind of, yeah. you know, like you're like, I don't know what that means. Like you can't see molecules and you can't right. see carbon. So how right. do you know when you're using too many greenhouse gases? Yeah. Um, but my definition of sustainability is kind of understanding that all of my personal impacts aren't causing distress on my environment and my resources, and then also there's enough time and space at the end of the day to like have dinner with my loved ones. You right. know, and that, that's, that's a luxury, considered yeah. a luxury for a lot of people in this yeah. country, and I would love to reevaluate that where everyone got to have dinner with their family, you know, right. like what a cool definition of sustainability. Totally. <clears throat> Interesting. Very cool. Um, what kinds of initiatives do you work on on a daily basis here with the hotels um, to keep your building sustainable and impactful? So, um, coming into this organization was wild because it's not very often that the directive is sustainability. Usually you're constantly making the case for it and here they're like, dream big, you know, yeah. shoot for the stars. But in that, I've noticed that there's a lot of kind of really big ideas and we missed the mark in some cases on like the 101 stuff. Oh, so okay. starting this year, I'm really focusing on waste yeah. and the amount of waste that we generate in hotels and as guests and as individuals. So thinking about waste management to the brass tacks of recycling, which yeah. we don't even do well in this country, you know, yeah. as we know, and to food waste, to um, actually removing items in the first place. Like why do we even need the paper cup as a good example, you know, there's right. kind of things like that that I'm working through and I think a lot of people view them as um, trivial, but yeah. if we're not getting those things right, like let's not even have the next discussion, you know? So true, you gotta start small. Yeah. Yeah, built up for sure. Um, what are some things that the average person within a corporation or even the average business can do to make themselves more impactful um, and sustainable from your... I have a good answer to that that's not directly related, but it's something I always tell any yeah. like designer that we work with, any architect, any um, agency, is understand who's paying for things because okay. you have to get their motivation first. Mm. And everything should be kind of packaged that way. So like we have our annual budgeting cycle. If we don't get something into that budget in 2018, it's not going to happen in 2019, so you have to wait right. a whole year for it to happen. So that's like a big, like, just business 101 tip. Right, right. <laughs> but um, in terms of business sustainability, a big thing we're working on here is the access to single-use products. So reducing that, and we're moving into a new space. So we're thinking through how do we get rid of the plastic bottle mm -hmm. because it's such a common thing for people to, over the course of the day to have a coffee in the morning, a Gatorade, a kombucha, you know, a club right. soda, and then by the end of the day, you've used seven bottles, and totally. you're like, what happened? How can we centralize that? How can we remove the need in the first place? Yeah, 
And that's a big thing for the bigger corporations like you guys. How many employees are you? Do you know? So we're 26 in New York yeah. and we're about 15 in LA. So that's 31, in 32. Corporate, though, I would in imagine, corporate. Not in all the hotels. Now in all the oh, hotels, okay. we're talking about magnitudes of a few thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like. but our corporate office is pretty small. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the one hotel brands, or I should really say both the Baccarat Hotel as well, but really particularly the one hotel brand exudes both luxury and sustainability at the mm -hmm. same time, um, which is so admirable in so many ways. I mean, you walk into any of the one hotels and it's just like the smell. I know, you the know? smell. It almost feels like you're like a mister maybe in the air. It's well, that's like, like one of those industry secrets, yeah. right? It's like, how do you get the smell in there? Yes, it's just like the air It's like feels... it smells like Starbucks halfway down the block from a Starbucks. <laughs> right. And you're like, I don't want a Starbucks. Totally. <laughs> and then you've got like the fresh fruit out. And mm. it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's really admirable the way that you've married sustainability to these high kind of standards of a luxury awesome. brand thank you um, do you do you ever find it challenging balancing these two things to, to these two scales of, of sustainability and luxury I think it's challenging and also there's like a silver lining to that yeah because there's a perspective of luxury that luxury means more right and um, Barry, our chairman, is always reminding us that sometimes luxury is just seeing a sunset because sometimes you just don't have time. Sometimes you can't see right. the sun setting. You know, there's these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so redefining luxury has been a big challenge for mm -hmm. us and what consumption means around that. I think the flip side of that is there's this like trickle-down effect when people in power and people with access start to move in one direction, start caring about things like the environment, you'll see that move down through policy, through corporate decision making, through influence on social media. So I don't ever want to devalue that as one of the pieces of the puzzle on how to move the needle. Um, my big example, because I've been doing this a long time, is when the LEED certification came out for buildings, yeah. that they required that we had low VOC paints. Okay. in all of the buildings. And what is VOC? VOC is a volatile organic com uh, compound, but basically it means like when you paint a wall and it smells. Yeah. And they said that you can't have that. And it used to be a huge cost premium in the early 2000s to do that. Right. And then now you go to the store and you have all low or no VOC paints that are the same yeah. cost, and that's now accessible to everyone. Right. So that's a very small example, but you know I think that we can't undermine the impact that people at this level have on the greater good and goods and services in general. Right, great answer. Um, You're good for my self-esteem. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> you, should feel, you should feel good about yourself. <laughs> um, do you personally have a regular ritual um, that you practice to keep yourself in alignment every day and goal-oriented and being productive and doing what you do? I'm a big runner, okay. and I think that that's my version of meditation. I was actually talking to my doctor yeah. about it the other day, and she said, most women she knows who run yeah. do it not for physical health, but for mental health. Yeah. And I was like, that makes so much sense it because really most does. men I know don't do it for mental health. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not that it's a gender thing, but you yeah, know, she yeah. was just saying that that's interesting. And so running for me is a moment I start to talk to myself. I don't listen to anything. Yeah. I just kind of start moving through these questions that are in the back of my brain that start coming up and formulating them. Yeah. And I think that's my version of meditation. I have started using this app at night that I love um, called Calm, mm, and my husband uses it. it's so nice, yeah. and it's very like hypnotic, and I was 
I was using it for a few weeks, and then I realized the reason I like it, not only because it's effective, is yeah. when I was little, my mom would play stories on, yeah. a, on a record player to put me to sleep. Oh, and it's almost no the same. I learned this behavior, you know, earlier. So it's this, like, kind of closing my eyes and tapping into this, like, calming storytelling vibe, yeah. which is really great. Yeah. Getting all the sleep hormones, probably. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> release. That's interesting. Very cool. Um, how do you measure success, Hannah, for yourself and wow. for others? I don't really know how I measure success. I actually think that might be one of my um, <clears throat> worst skills. Yeah? Because I haven't been very good historically about saying, wow, I did this really well. Okay. Um, I'm better about why our team did this really well. Yeah. So I think there's something about my own you know, self-confidence in there when I just parse yeah. it out. But I think it's something I should work on. Or, I guess the alternative to that as I think through it is, maybe we don't really need success. It's just about continuing on through whatever your journey yeah. is. I think I struggle a lot of times with the idea that there's a, like an end to a road. Like someone, I, I don't like the term expert. Okay. Because I'm like, well in 10 years, someone's gonna come along that's smarter than them because everything's foundational to something else. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that's part of it too, is that I, I success for me is kind of relative to like, time, you know, and yeah, it turns yeah. into like this whole metaphysical thing where I'm like, what is time? <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I don't even know what you're asking, so that's my mental spiral. <laughs> what do you, how do you know when you feel that your team has been successful? Yeah. Um, I use a lot of metrics. Yeah. I think that metrics are super compelling and they allow for us to compare to each other, yeah. to think through um, what we're successful at, you know, yeah. I think we started monitoring our energy use in real time for our properties and we can kind of see the chart ticking down slowly but it's, it's doing it and it's a big yeah. success. Um, I also really love when I can talk to someone and see that they're, we have a shared language and that to me is very nice and successful if I can go to a team member who's you know, a bell person at yeah. one of our properties and they're talking about the plastic reduction program and what they have done at their own home, and I'm like, okay, this is successful, that right? Is, like, this yeah. is, I can see that it's integrating, and I can see that we're all sharing a language around something, you know, Absolutely. that's powerful. Yeah, if you're reducing waste even just a little bit, it's like, I know, you know. waste is so crazy. I never yeah. thought I'd be like, I'm obsessed with waste, <laughs> but I think about it all the time. I'm like looking yeah. at videos of uh, different waste management systems, yes. different countries, like watching how different trucks work, because I'm like, I can't yes. believe it. It's nuts. Yeah, the food waste thing we were just talking about before, I just discovered this. Have you heard of Misfits Market? Mm -mm. It's um, this a produce delivery um, service that is taking all the ugly, quote unquote, fruit oh and gosh, vegetables that the groceries this stores don't buy because, like, the potato looks like a heart shape instead yeah. of a potato shape or whatever it what is. What a funny thing that people are right? so scared of plants and vegetables looking different baffling how much of the uh, how much produce goes to waste because like the apple has like a spot on it mm -hmm. or whatever well and then yeah. my boyfriend is new to a lot of yeah. this stuff and and I'm constantly feeling like I'm like oh, I'm explaining this to you yeah. but the other day I got some clementines or something like that at the right. store and two of them had worm holes in them and yeah. he was like this bag is rotten and I was like if the worm's like it's probably a good sign. Yeah, and he was he's like, it, yeah. he was like, good point, babe. Like it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, I got in there somehow. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, totally. Okay. Good point. You're doing your, you're doing your job on this planet. 
Um, how do you see the world evolving from your vantage point, um, like, I don't know, 10 years from today? And how do you see yourself contributing to it? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Do you want my like it. dystopic view? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a hard, it's interesting that I like have this energy around yeah. my job because there's this part of me that's like, oh, well, something catastrophic is going to happen soon right. and then we're all going to be fucked. Like, <laughs> and like, and I'm like comfortable with that for yeah. some reason. I'm like, well, that's just what's going to happen. Like the earth is stronger than us. Right. You know, that's right. where my brain goes. Um, I think there's going to be a massive oversimplification of what we do. In the 40s and 50s, we saw such a boom around um, innovation. Mm -hmm. Air conditioning was invented. Mm -hmm. Plastics were invented. And right. these two consumer products came out of the need because we had a lack of natural resources. Mm. So <clears throat> now we're going to have these unnatural resources destroying our planet. So I think there's going to be a huge shift where we don't use anything. It's like delineating and banning and it's gonna be really big because yeah. of necessity and health and you know pollution and all those things, but there's gonna be that revival, I hope. I think we probably won't reach a point where we don't have a choice. We don't yeah. have that's what I think. It's gonna be yeah. less like a a beautiful story about everyone right. coming together and more of a like people are dying from their water being contaminated by microplastics right. and then we'll be in that situation. Then we'll yeah. start making a difference. Yeah. I know. I can go really dark with that, but it doesn't no, like bum me out. Like, it's like <laughs> it just seems reasonable considering yeah. the trajectory. I'm we're like, on. what do you yeah. think is gonna happen? Right. <laughs> totally. It looks like those oceans, yeah. you know, the in those islands where the oceans are like just, you know, filling up with plastics. Totally. Um, so this last question for you is, what is a valuable piece of advice you'd like to share with other professionals creating, um, who are committed to impact sustainably, sustainability and consciousness? Okay. It, a valuable piece of advice, and this is selfish, mm -hmm. is I think that there's a human nature aspect of wanting to find one thing to solve all our problems right. and it's why we put a lot of stake and value in a single product but really we haven't solved some of the basic systems yeah. yet for those products to shine so i don't think that we need to innovate i think it's about taking a step back mm. and kind of just making ourselves better on a system systems level the efficiencies and efficiencies and, and thoughtfulness and simplification those all all those things kind of fall into there where you know i mean it's easy to say like oh this is going to save the day it's yeah. like yeah we will, we can put pv panels everywhere but if we're still eating as much meat as we're eating and throwing out as much food waste as we're doing we're still going to have a huge carbon impact so that's right. kind of where my yeah. my advice falls but yeah. i'm also a little bit of a luddite when it comes to things cuz i'm like ah technology can't solve it you know <laughs> yeah people are still going to want to have kids people are still going to want right. to have a good life so you know you kind of have to start there yeah, yeah. get back to basics that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. it's just charming <laughs> whatever thank you so much thank you this is a great conversation yeah. and yeah thanks for having me Thanks for having me. <laughs>